I just feel like I never claimed that I didn't have any technical D. I feel like you claimed that I claimed that I had technical D and we've just been running with it for all this time. It's not true. At this point, we've texted each other way too much for me to go back and prove it. We're here for another stunning episode of Icon or Wycon, the show where we break down all of your favorite film universes one flick at a time and see which stand the test of time. I am Andrew David Sotomayor, and I'm here with the Danny to my Elfman, Mr. CJ LaRoche. Danny to my Elfman. I like that. I like that. Speaking of fabulous scores. Right? Boy, that felt like fate to me. Perhaps the duel of the fates, if you will. Because there's two. Oh, because there's, there's two. two of us. Yeah. yeah. Duel. Duel. Uh, very important movie today, CJ. So, so important. And there's a lot to unpack. So we should just fucking jump right in. Well, do you want to introduce the film? Oh, right. Star Wars, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Ah, tagline. Every saga has a beginning. I am so thrilled let's get started i'm let's gonna say started. the very first thing that i noticed was that even though this is the past because i mean you know it's original trilogy has not happened yet right so we're starting in the past there are so 30 odd years before there are so many more women in the universe all of a sudden lots of women thank you george well done buddy well yeah. done populating the universe with those that help populate the universe yeah, he really corrected that hard right out the gate, and I respect him for it. Right on in. Yeah, loved it. Um, the pilot, the co-pilot, the lead pilot of the ship that the two Jedi ambassadors are on. Yeah. Right. So good good stuff right out the gate. Yeah, well, it's it's got some really strong high-stakes action. It really has a very strong start. The title crawl is a bit of a snooze. Yeah, and- I'm going to have to stop you, bro. It's, it's not a strong start. It's you don't think it's a strong start? Boring AF. Okay, think about it. A New Hope, Tandive 4, Star Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Luke out in the, the wilderness gets attacked by the, the Wampa. R- Return of the Jedi, where we've got Darth Vader on, on the Death Star. Episode one starts with like a meeting. Two Jedis, going to, they're going to a meeting. What, where, where is the excitement in that? And I, and I know what happens next, I understand, but it just seems like we're getting set up for, for things that are to come, right? And we're, it's just a little snoozy, like you said, for the title crawl, right? It's, because it's very topical, right? Because NAFTA had just been passed, right? So we've got taxes on our mind. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the beginning was just kind of, kind of meh. I did get excited when they started gassing the Jedis, yeah. Do, do you I mean, know what I, I mean? A, I love I, a good gassing. Well, I just think that what I liked about that first sequence actually was we're getting to see a bit of the world that we saw Obi-Wan lamenting in episode four. Sure. Uh, a, a more elegant weapon from a civilized age. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, I thought there was something cool about that. I did like that. They're like, oh my God, right away our Jedis are in danger. Sure. I like that. I thought I, I thought I, I I I can see where you're coming from. For me, I just felt like we're finally meeting the the Jedi, right? Because we yeah. the, the only thing that we've seen of Jedi so far is a young farm kid, Darth Vader, who's half man, half machine, Obi-Wan who's past his prime in the, the shriveled up empire. So those are like the force users that we know. Yeah. Right. So again, yeah, you're you're right. Like we we see them from behind, they're wearing the cloaks. Uh, it's it's exciting. They they come in, they take their cloaks down, and right away we get. I have a bad feeling about this. I love that. It was. I thought it had a really nice start. You got to see him use a lightsaber as a lockpick. We didn't know that that was a thing. We didn't. We didn't know that that was a thing. And and going back just a little bit, so they're gassing the room, yeah. right? And then they say, "Go in and and finish them off." It's like, well, you've got them in the room, and you're gassing them. Why open the doors? I know. Just leave well, them in there. And that's the start of, a, of a, a lot of things that I felt we saw in Return of the Jedi where choices are made because movie. Because movie. 
whereas Empire was super tight and super careful about how these characters made their choices and the choices were rational, this these choices happen because movie, and we're going to unpack a whole bunch of them. Uh, I, I have a note that I just want to share with you. I'm not even going to use it as a conversation starter. I'm just going to read this note off of my pad. Are okay, shady, great. are shady trade dealings good movie making? Are shady trade dealings good movie making? Yes, they are, right? Because we have moral ambiguity. Moral ambiguity works in things like The Godfather and, and Apocalypse Now. Um, but when, when there's not a lot of action happening, when we don't have to really question or we, when we don't look inside and question ourselves on it, right? When all we're looking at is trade dealings of like a couple of racist ass characters it just seems like he had a plan, George Lucas that it had a plan to talk, to shine light on why four, five, and six, why that universe happened. And I think that trade dealings and trade routes and the taxation of goods is a great reason for a revolution, right? Because that's how, the, that's how America started. Sure. But it, it, where, it, where it gets lost and where it just becomes unentertaining is... is we don't care enough. We don't, we don't really, we don't really know why any of these characters are making these decisions. We don't know why the Senate taxed the, the trade routes. We just know that they did. Right. We just know that uh, Darth Sidious is behind it. And I think that that's, you know, that's where a lot of the movie just sort of gets lost because all of these characters that are in it are just sort of characters that are being pushed along by the plot instead of the other way around. Right. Back to empire where the characters are making decisions based on their truths and their morals and their wants and their needs and their desires. And that is pushing the plot forward in the Phantom Menace. We have a Phantom Menace who's pushing the plot forward. And like you said, things are just happening because movie, well, they're happening because he's pulling the strings, but we don't get to see why that's a good or a bad thing. We just know that it's happening and we're along for the ride. I totally agree with you. To your original question these trade disputes are not good enough because we don't have enough information and we don't care. I can vibe with that. My thing is watching this movie, and this is only the second time I've seen this movie in my entire life. What? Yeah, second time. So my thing about The Phantom Menace is that I'm not clear on what's going on. You know, like... I'm an adult now. I always thought that I didn't get what was happening in this movie because I was like 17 when it came out. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's a little bit heady for me, but laser swords. Um, right. And here I am in my late 30s now. And I'm like, I, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what this political upheaval is. Now, what I did understand that I thought was really, really cool was watching Palpatine manipulate uh, Queen Amidala. In right. the Senate, I thought that was interesting, and I loved that whole political angle of it. I was like, great, something's finally coalescing. It takes us about an hour and 40 minutes to get to something political that works. This whole beginning sequence, the title crawl was unintelligible. I don't know who the Trade Federation is. We don't know who the Trade Federation is. You know, It's, it's kind of like you're, you're getting set. You're sitting down for the prequels. You understand that you're, like your Obi-Wan is in it. You've seen the poster with the kid standing against the shadow with Darth Vader. So you're like, oh, great. We're going to find out how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. I think that he just got a little bit hung up. And like I said earlier, right, like the stories of the day, NAFTA had just been signed in like 94 or 95 or something. And so we're, we're all about trade and taxes and we've got these current events and, 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 uh, uh, the 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 conflict in those two cities, not Bosnia and Herzegovina, but even yeah, but that that might have I think no, it's Bosnia and Bo- Herzegovina, uh, or is it Croatia, Serbia, Serbia? Yes, Serbia, yes, yes, Croatia. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was oh, right, that was like, right around that time. Yeah, the little the little country getting taken over. So he's he's he wants to shine a light on these things. He wants to show you how that society the Republic can fall democratically into a total totalitarian state. He just didn't give us enough information or give the characters enough agency for us to care. That's why you were confused because it was all just happening 
but like there's a whole other extended universe and reading that you have to do after the fact to figure out why and what you're actually looking at. Listen, you are one of 12 people that has come up to me, especially since we started doing Star Wars, uh, that said, you'll appreciate the prequel trilogy if you watch Clone Wars. Yes. Absolutely. Because they're like, it helps you understand why it makes sense. And that's where it pays off. But just jumping into Phantom Menace, I'm as confused as I was when I was 17. And that's something that hasn't happened to me for about 20 years. Um, Here's the other thing that kills me about this movie. It falls into a trap of what's the plan. So big picture, we're going to send an army down and kidnap the queen and make her sign a treaty. So that what we just did becomes legal. That's the most. That doesn't make any fucking sense. That's the most boring, confusing MacGuffin ever. So, like, you've already started a war, and you've the- started a blockade against your own trade. Yeah. So the Trade Federation has sent ships to surround this planet so that the Trade Federation can't trade with it. Right away, we're fucked. And I think it comes down to you sent me that wonderful video of how Star Wars, the original Star Wars Episode Four, was saved in the edit. Very cool video. He had those wonderful people around him to say, hey, George, what about this? Right? I think during The Phantom Menace, he had just a bunch of yes men. I watched the documentary, him and Spielberg out in the parking lot looking at those battle droids. The words, it's going to be great, were said about 12 times. I think what happened was is people were begging for this, right? As soon as Return of the Jedi ended, people were like, more Star Wars. I need more Star Wars. I need more Star Wars. Now, 16 years later, he's finally said, okay, I'm going to make more Star Wars. But he didn't make more Star Wars, right? He wanted to make a period piece. He wanted to show us a history. Well, history on film is tough, Mm -hmm. right? Especially when you're trying to like match it to something that, that, is not as exciting, right? Because when you think about the American Revolution and you think about Boston, right? What's more exciting, the Boston Massacre or the Boston Tea Party? The Boston Massacre. The Boston Massacre, right? Yeah. You got a bunch of people standing in the streets, yelling at guards. One loses their shit, pulls the trigger, bang, revolution. Yeah. Right? What started the fucking revolution was the tea, like people were pissed that the tea was getting taxed. And so they dressed up like indigenous folk, snuck onto the ship and threw the tea in the water. And that's what really happened. That's what sparked the revolution, right? Yeah. The Boston massacre is what caused us, us, I was there, caused us to raise arms and, and really, you know, put pressure on those folks in Philadelphia. He should have made, a, he should have given us the Boston massacre not the Boston Tea Party. It's not exciting. It doesn't really land. It doesn't stick the landing at all. It doesn't stick the landing at all, Andrew. And I don't know, like every time that I watch this movie, I'm going to say the words now. Jar Jar Binks turns me off every single time. And again, watching that documentary, he uses the words, Jar Jar is the key to this whole thing. He's the funniest character we've ever had. He really thought Jar Jar was going to be a huge deal. Jar Jar's role actually is very important in the next film too. That character was supposed to be some strange combination of Han and Chewie that everybody loved. He was supposed to be super toyetic. If you notice, he kind of fills the C-3PO void. Yeah, sure. because 3PO only pops in because he's just being built because I guess Anakin built 3PO for his mom. That makes sense. Anakin built 3PO for his mom and he was able to build a droid fluent in over 6 million forms of communication. Anakin, he builds things. It doesn't make any sense. And so let's, let's, we're on Anakin. Promising entrance from this kid whose acting gets worse and worse as the movie goes on. Yeah, and they had better choices. Sorry, Jake. There were better choices. I've seen the auditions. I just, he just... He fell in love with him because he looks like a young Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but he's not nailing it. And then the dialogue that he's given is not great. No, and, and the kid should not have been put in that position. Yeah, it's a like lot there, of heavy lifting for that child. There are seasoned actors that would have trouble with that kind of role because he's, 
he's got to be spunky, right? He's got to be in, intelligent beyond his years. He has to be a little bit of a pushy pain. Yeah. There's so much range that was required. Can you imagine being nine, 10 years old and, and, and someone telling you, you're going to be playing the guy who becomes Darth Vader? Yeah. That's Amazing. impossible. That's impossible. Yeah. You know, and he aged him down. I get it. He aged him down so that being separated from his mother would cause him enough angst. But there were other ways to get him off of that planet. And, and you know, there were other things that he could have been suffering for inside. But listen, he ages him down to pull that off. And then that beat does not land. I was watching this movie. I was like, Shmi hates him. Shmi hates this kid. <laughs> Like they have zero he's a chemistry, bother, right? Like he's 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 a problem. They have zero chemistry. He's such a dick when he gets the golden ticket to leave. He's like, "Can I go?" And then, like as an afterthought, he's like, "Well, can you come? Can you come too?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not. I, I my heart was feeling nothing, and I love a I love a kid moment. We brought up Shmi. Let's talk about this dinner table sequence. Let's just give kudos to Pernilla August though, because the actor who plays Shmi, she was great. She's wonderful and She's so subtle. Wonderful. And and she was in the same movie Liam Neeson was in. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They, they were, were both doing the same script. Yeah. yeah. They they were really aware of what they were doing. It was a little bit elevated. It had a sense of fun to it. Um, yeah. Ewan McGregor was doing great work with them too. He was a little bit hamstrung by his Alec Guinness impersonation. He was doing an Alec Guinness impersonation, but I thank him for that. I appreciate I not, it. I do not hold that against him at all because he knew exactly what we, the fans, wanted. He had that cadence down. Down, he right really, from the start. Yeah. So, Elsewhere, but this elusive. He but said this, elusive. But this dinner table sequence. Alec Guinness, but when he said elusive, I was like, damn. Yes, dinner time. Oh, <sighs> boy. So why do they tell Anakin the whole plot? Because he has quick reflexes? They just, he's like, I saw your lightsaber earlier and they just spill everything to him. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've been taking all, we've been going through all of this trouble to make sure that Kira Knightley is, is not, or that Natalie Portman is not mistaken for Kira Knightley. Oh yeah. She's, she's doing a thing. She's doing the, you know, she's tricking everybody. Want to make sure no one knows that the queen of Naboo is there, except we can tell the little junk kid slave. We can let him know what's going yeah. on. It's just bad writing, man. It's bad writing. And, and, and I just don't know why no one had the fucking balls to say, bro, like, you, this is not good. This, this is problematic. This is going to set us back. And I'm not talking about, like, the key grip, you know, or, like, the AD. Like, I'm talking about the producers, man. Where were they on this? I don't know because it's so weirdly bad. It, but there's some parts of it that are excellent, like the fan service, like we talked about in the beginning with the, the rope, the hood down. I have a bad feeling about this, you know? Like, yeah, he nailed bringing, that. Bringing Puppet Yoda back, like smart, but then he changed it then later changed on again. because the shade of green. But there, but there were so many problems that someone should have been, someone with, that was getting paid more than George should have realized. CJ, why doesn't the Jedi mind trick work on Watto? Why doesn't the Jedi mind trick work on Watto, Jabba, right? Is it like anything slimy that lives on Tatooine? It doesn't work because he's not weak-minded. But Jabba's a crime lord, so I can kind of get behind that one. But like Watto? Watto? Because he's a Tardarian. Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Okay, I'll accept that. Thank you. Thank you for that explanation. Ah, oh, it's so strange. Did you feel like they were trying to make Jar Jar's how rude happen? He says how rude four oh times. Oh my God. And I was like, you're really trying to make fetch happen, George. Right, like why? Why, why is Full House, why does Full House have to be in Star Wars? Uh, why do we need that? Speaking of things that we don't need, the conception by the midichlorians, where are we at with that? Okay, so I, 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 I saw a very interesting take on the YouTube. Okay, okay. talk to me. So midichlorians is a scientific explanation for the Force. Sure. Right, it's a scientific explanation of why Anakin is strong with the Force. And the, the, the Force is strong in the Skywalker family, so it could very well be a genetic thing, right? It's like passed down. 
we've established that George is making a period piece here. He's showing us a history. So it doesn't really matter that that history is going to be lost and poof, but it does detract from the mystery of the force. Mm -hmm. Right. All you need to do is discover Anakin Skywalker. We know, we know that his last name tells us that he is strong with the force. Yeah. Don't need to give us an explanation for it. Again, a producer should have looked at that and said, no, no, George, no, we're not going to do this. We don't need it. I'm just grappling with the fact that I'm supposed to, in a couple of lines, take in, there's a scientific explanation for the force and the man that will become the biggest villain the universe has ever seen was created by the force in his mother's womb in a weird Jesus immaculate conception. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, sorry to interrupt you. There's a lot of great extended material that sort of pops off of that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the immaculate conception of Anakin Skywalker. I'm okay with that part of it. The midi-chlorians I'm like, Oh, Really? And you fucking hear it. I remember, I can tell you, I was in the Bennington, Vermont movie theater in like July of 1999 when I first watched this. And I can tell you who was sitting next to me. I can tell you how much popcorn was left. I can tell you that I really needed to pee only because I always need to pee in a movie. But I can tell you everything that was happening when I first heard the word midi fucking Chlorian. I'm worked up. It, it upsets me that he, that he felt the need to do that because he didn't need to do that. No, and it's so weird. It's it's just so weird, and it's again, it's it's something to have something, right? It's like I want to bring you something new, so I'm just going to give you this, but it's not necessary. The midichlorian count just <laughs> becomes it, it becomes a thing. He has a higher midichlorian count than Yoda. The midichlorian. Okay, but like we don't use that information in any helpful way going forward. No, no. And here's the thing. You've got Liam Neeson, who is a Jedi. If you, if you opened the book in 1999 and you were like, I'm going to look up the word Jedi, his fucking grill with that beautiful hair. He looked amazing. Is standing right in front of you. All you needed to say was, hey, guess what, everybody? I found the chosen one. And we're like, great, the chosen one, whatever that is. I believe you. It was like, it's like, let's belabor the point about why this kid is special. But again, I said it already. His last name is Skywalker. We all yeah. fucking know. There, there are kids in fucking Indonesia who have never seen Star Wars who know that Skywalker is the most powerful Jedi. Spinning off of this, let's talk about things that were just in the movie just to be in the movie. Go. The, the midichlorian count is one of them. Uh, nine-year-old assholes taunting Annie and a baby Greedo. That's not Greedo. No, but like it's that race. That's we're supposed to like associate that with him and be like, oh look, baby Greedo. Oh well, there's a deleted scene with actual Greedo. With actual Greedo, I know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was Greedo. It's that's, a, but that's, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what it's telegraphing to you. Yep. We got that shit. We've got. Okay, so we're trying to keep up the Amidala Padme Padme ruse, right? We're trying to do that. So. Decoy Amidala sends Padme to go clean R2 for us? For us. So she can have a scene with Anakin. Got it. All right, that's fine. Check. Now, doesn't, she, doesn't she check that, that hologram right before that? So that does give her a reason to be in the room. She, doesn't, she checks the hologram from the, the governor guy. She checks the hologram later. Oh, is that later? Yeah, she's just cleaning the R2 unit for being a hero. Oh, right. Yep, yep, you're right. You're right. And also it keeps up the great tradition of the young lady character starting with one voice and accent and then completely losing it by the end of the film. It really does stick to that. Uh, We've got Jawas. We've got Tusken Raiders that are involved in the pod race for why. Why the fuck are they up there? Like if you've got a race on that's called Boon to Eve. Okay. So that's a very fucking important race. There's going to be some kind of security. 
to be out there to make sure that those motherfuckers don't get involved, right? And they are. They're there for two shots. One, they shoot them and ah, 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 celebrate, and then they're there for another when they miss. It's like, bro, why? What, what is happening? Like, the, you, you, you don't, that you don't need to serve us. Just no, give it, us a story. You're a great storyteller, George. The story wasn't there. The job of the hut cameo, of course, job is there. The return of the Jedi bikini cameo. There's yep. just so. But she's wearing like fucking pants underneath. Yeah. She's yeah. Got, like like purple hammer pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say jasmine pants, but they absolutely are purple hammer pants. It's so weird, and so you have all of this stuff and a plot that's unintelligible and completely relies on convenience. Such convenience, dude. Take it all the way back. Take it all the way back to how Anakin Skywalker hooked up with these people, okay? They had to land at the right spot to get in front of Jar Jar, for Jar Jar to be in front of them. Then they have to go and, like, free Jar Jar. They have to want to take Jar Jar with them, mm-hmm. right? So, like, why, why are we taking Jar Jar with us off the planet? Fine. Okay. We get to Tatooine. Jar Jar needs to be a complete douchebag and piss off Sebalba so that Anakin can step in and save them. And, oh, there's a sandstorm coming, so you better just chill here. It's such bad storytelling. Oh, yeah. I can't... We don't have enough... We don't have the right kind of credits to get the parts. Well, I built this pod racer, and oh, right? you right? can enter me, and the race is tomorrow. We need $10,000, right? We need... So, oh, my God, there's a singing competition that'll give us the $10,000. I stole that from someone on YouTube. I'm not going to take credit for that. It's that good. But it's that level of fucking convenience that is it's just mind-boggling oh my god it's an episode of the brady bunch it's so weird and then and then let's get into these other ramifications uh jar jar binks and the gungans that is a racially inappropriate depiction like i understand and they were they made it very obvious that they borrowed from other cultures to create these alien races but i think jar jar binks is racially inappropriate I think that well, dialect- as are the the Hermordians or whatever they are, the Trade Federation. Oh, yeah. Absolutely inappropriate. I- inappropriate. Also, Qui Gon kind of steals a child. Qui Gon. Well, I do. I do kind of like that. Qui Gon plays fast and loose with his morals. Yeah. Because it's very un Jedi right? Like, right? And well, he, they talk he, about that. They talk about that. He's that, yeah, That's why he he's not on the council. Because he's kind of. You like, know what? You know what fucking movie I'd rather see? Why isn't Qui Gon on the Jedi Council? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I don't. I, that's what I want. I want yeah. Jedi. I want Obi Wan. Fucking. I want Anakin. I, I. I don't want Gungans. Yeah. Fuck. I'll even take Mace Windu. Why is he, he benched? Why did you bench Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson says like six things in this film, and they're all fucking contrarian, and he's kind of a douche. Listen, he's literally always interesting. He's always interesting on screen. Mace Windu with his purple lightsaber. Let me see some of that shit. Yeah, g- give me something else. No, I gotta, I gotta to follow Anakin Skywalker when he's like, what is it? Well, not exactly. Oh I was like, is that God. Michelle from Full House? It's, it's just... It's you've, just never, you've never finished a race? I was... I, oh I was... I, it was... Oh. It was a trosh. It was a trosh. Uh, and and you get to that point in the movie if you make it as far as the pod race, which is an hour into the film. Yeah. So I hope you do because there's 90 minutes of film behind it. It's a very long movie. It's a long movie. And like, it's still an unintelligible plot. Now, the plot does coalesce at the Senate. I love seeing Palpatine kind of try to manipulate. Amandala, I love yeah. that. I love when he's like, and when he's like, you have to motion to get rid of Chancellor Valorum. I that whole level of intrigue. I'm really sad that we didn't get that shot of um, Bale Antilles seconding the motion. Yeah, right. Of course, though, Bale Antilles. Can we talk? Why are there two Bales, multiple Antilles? The Antilles aren't related. Bale Antilles is related to Captain Antilles, who's not related to Wedge Antilles. Not related to Wedge Antilles. But no. is related to Bale Organa's wife. It's just, what? What, what are you doing? It's too, it's, too, it's too much. There's a lot of it. Yeah, he should have bailed. It, it's, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I really, You're really welcome. appreciate that. You're welcome. But Amidala's 
choices for the last 30 minutes of the movie are a strong statement about women in authority. Because while she does fall for the manipulation, and of course she does, it's not because she's naive, it's because he's playing on her sympathies. He, she genuinely cares about her people. Absolutely. And she, and she cannot deal with the bureaucracy of this moment. No, she's pissed. She's fired and, up, she's at it. And what's great about it is like, then she does something he didn't expect. She's gonna go back and she's like, you know what, me and Decoy are gonna take the throne back. And we're gonna take it back with the help of the aliens. Yeah, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna make peace with the Gungans. And she humbles herself to the Gungans because right. she knows they have a thing. Yep. And and it, it's very cool. Side note, the Gungans' sacred place, that these hidden cities that people don't know about, these rumored hidden cities, their sacred place where they're hiding from the people that have now discovered their hidden city is the woods. It's like the water's edge. I, yeah, I because it's don't. like it's a hundred yards from the water, and no one would ever think to look there. Jesus Christ! It's bad, man. <laughs> It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. He just wanted to build worlds, man. He just wanted to build worlds and do fun CGI, and he forgot that he had to tell a story. It's like Irvin Kirshner is fucking doing backflips in his grave at this point. When he says, you stay in that cockpit, and that results in Anakin accidentally joining the battle, but oh not, not telling R2 to disable the autopilot until he's like deep in the battle, but then accidentally winning everything for them. Accidentally, purely accidentally. Pure accident. It's touching every single button except the one that looks like the gun. Yeah, everything. No, there's no connection to the force. They didn't even Mary Sue him for me. Do you know what I mean? They didn't right. give me Ray and Force Wake. It's like, all right, all of a sudden he's fucking great at this. They didn't even make me make that leap. It's a complete accident. So we can be charmed by this. Yeah, but no. like, it's bad. That said. The droid Gungan battle is really cool. It, it is, except for the fact that fucking Jar Jar basically wins the battle by accident. By accident, yeah. He's a general, and he actually calls for the retreat. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, why uh, would they make him a general? Like, two weeks ago, they kicked him out because he's a klutz. In chains. And now, he was, and now he's a general. Yeah. No. It's so weird. It's so weird. But then you have, like, that, that's, there's things that work so well. The Darth Maul fight sequence. Jesus H. I am now going to forgive the last 104 minutes. It's fucking beautiful. Fucking beautiful, beautiful Jedi in their prime, young Sith Lord, full of rage and vengeance. Ray Park. Oh. Thank you so much for being a fucking kick-ass samurai warrior that you are. Uh, uh, for, I'll forgive the, that we're in that weird like uh, tunnel where things you accidentally you get cut off by force fields. What are those force fields for, Andrew? I don't know what they do and what that timer is. Yeah, I mean, in the novelization, <laughs> you ready? Tales you ready from the Cantina, issue seventeen. Not even that, dude. The novelization of the movie. Okay. Right? So, like, when we get to Rise of Skywalker... Okay, everybody, our 17 listeners, I would like you to, in advance of our episode 9, Rise of Skywalker, Icon or Wycon, please read the novelization of the Rise of Skywalker because you will understand the movie that way. In the novelization of The Phantom Menace, <laughs> Qui-Gon knows that his battle style is not going to be good against Darth Maul and his battle style. So he wants to push him into that little corridor so that his double-bladed lightsaber is going to get, you know, going to have trouble maneuvering. Mm -hmm. So Qui-Gon, that's why they're there. That's why Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon actually wants that battle to go there. He doesn't count on getting cut off from Obi-Wan. Very cool. Yeah. So you have to read the book. <laughs> the <movie laughs> to know that. Did you, uh, did you notice that uh, when Qui-Gon dies, he touches Obi-Wan's lips. He does. It's what? like a weird Why does he touch his lips? What's going on there, bro? You have to, you have to, you have to trade, you have to trade Anakin. Him. Remember when my nuts were there? Remember <laughs> when you were on your mouth, Obi-Wan. What the fuck? 
I don't know what's um, weird that or the fact that I just went to the nuts on the mouth thing. You went straight to nuts on the mouth. Uh, but you know, it's a safe space, CJ. I, never, I, go nu- never go nuts to mouth. Oh no, it's ass to mouth. <laughs> never go ass to mouth. We should take a break. Let's take a break. Hey. You know, Andrew, as much as doing these episodes takes away from my video game time, I do really enjoy talking to you. I enjoy talking to you too, CJ. But you know what's missing? I wish there was a way for us to communicate with our 17 listeners. Oh, what if they were to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Icon or Ycon? That's a fantastic start. And you know what else they should do? They should take a minute to subscribe to us on all of their favorite podcast apps. Well, what are those iconic apps? I mean, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Amazon Music? Do they like bring it to your door? No, they do not. Oh, okay, good. Back to the show. And we are back. Oh, do we... Do we have to be? We have to be because it is my favorite time of day. It is time for ephemeral questions. Ephemeral questions with Andrew and CJ about the Phantom Menace. (laughs) Wait, she's got a coda. (laughs) Yeah, I lost the tune there a little bit. I lost the key. I want to apologize for that, but it's now recorded. Print it. Listen, but that that tone was chef's kiss. Good. Haven't had a voice lesson since 2001. Nailing it. Great. What worked for you about this movie, CJ? Well, you know what worked for me, Andrew, was Darth Maul. Oh. Sheev Palpatine. And the manipulation. And the puppet mastery. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that I'm watching... What happened? I'm seeing the history. I do like the history. I do like to know how everybody became everybody, mm-hmm. right? You know, and you you stick around for the end of the credits, and the music that's playing turns into the Imperial March, and then you get a little right at the end. And so that did work for me. You know, you got the poster with Anakin and the shadow of Darth Vader. You, you see, even though the, it kind of ruins the movie a little bit, you're able to watch Palpatine truly run this town. And you see how he got to be where he gets to be. And I was really, even though the movie was like, bleh, and I got to the end of it, I was still excited for the next two to watch it come further and move further and see more, you know, familiar things and, and, and get to the battle of... I guess, I guess not a battle, to get to Rogue One, essentially, right? Like to get, mm-hmm. fill in the gaps to that point in the history. What about you? What worked for you? Uh, I lived for the visuals. Mm, yep. So I really, you. I really loved the visuals. I, I remember I, I, I thought the landing in, landing in Naboo was breathtaking. Um, I thought the entrance to the Gungan city and, and, and how they had the, the Jedi's had the things to give them like underwater helmets, like deep sea breathing things. I thought that stuff was really, really gorgeous and picturesque. Oh yeah. The, the, the look of this movie is fantastic for, oh, especially it, for 1999. It's beautiful. He even managed to sort of give Tatooine a glow up, you know, Tatooine looked really fun and interesting and not in that weird like special edition way you know like like right. how when he redid it in like what was it 97 yes like, exactly it, it, tatooine looked really really cool i i loved the pod race i thought the pod race was visually stunning it was pod also was way too long and it was such obvious video game bait um i think the only thing that killed the actual star war that gets to happen at the end is that it's like having Anakin be there by accident and succeed by accident was so lame. So, you lame. know, but like, uh, apart from that, Amidala. So that shot that was in the trailer of Amidala with the, um, it's like the, what's that called? I want to say chandelier. It looks like she has wind chimes over her face. Okay. I know nothing about fashion. But she's wearing the whole headdress, yeah, and it's like yeah. partially covering her face, and she's sitting in the chair, and the look behind her, that's an iconic shot. Like, we yeah. know that shot. Just looking down the barrel of, of the thrusters in the pod race, 
and seeing the energy field in between them. We know that shot. There's so many visuals. Darth Maul, when he pulls out the second side of his lightsaber, these pictures are etched in our minds. And so I think visually, this movie achieves things. It breaks new ground. It breaks new Absolutely. ground a lot. And it looks really good. The Gungan droid battle. It looks really awesome. It looks dope. It looks um, dope. And he even says in the making of, you know, he said, we need to figure out how to do this, not only for us, but for everybody else who's going to want to do this. It's like, amazing. Again, once again, he has, you know, even though it's a shit story, he has broken new ground and been completely innovative. Yeah, it's visually stunning. It's it's really, really visually stunning. I, I mean, Amandala's outfit at the end of the, these outfits, the outfit that she has with the like lights on the bottom, like just the style. It's so cool. It's so cool to like dream that this world was once so vivacious and booming, and right. the em- and the empire has turned it into the 1977 wasteland of a new hope. You know, exactly. it's really cool to exactly. make that leap. And- a lot of fans, you know, bring up the fact it was like, oh, the technology is so much better in the past. And it's like, no, that actually makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, poor, that, poor, the poor leadership ruined everything. Poor leadership will destroy That's things right. in a beautiful way. That's poor right. Watch how fast your fucking infrastructure falls apart yeah. when you have idiots in office. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing it in real time. I said totally. it. We're, <laughs> we're actually living it right now. That's right. What did not work for you about this movie? Like everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, literally everything. It's bad. It's rough, man. It's rough. It's It's, a rough movie. It's a long list, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, but it starts with Jar Jar. Yeah. It starts with Jar Jar. It is an unnecessary misstep. He is not needed. The, the, The purpose that he serves is he introduces us to the Gungans, like, we could have found that out with the, the ship that Qui-Gon stows away on crashes into the ocean or into a lake, right? And he stumbles upon the Gungan city. He introduces us basically like is the whole reason that Anakin tags along. There's a million other ways for Qui-Gon to discover Anakin. Oh, you mean there's somebody who's in touch with this magical force that lives in all of us? He can't fucking sense that maybe there's the chosen one standing right over there. Fine. I'll fucking buy that. Jar Jar is, uh, is not needed. Jar Jar, I'm at best fucking kudos, man. Like great job. You took the direction. You played the role and you played it super fucking well. It's just, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, that role sucks so bad. Uh, I do think it's funny that Qui-Gon Jinn, Jedi master, super experienced does not know that Anakin is strong with the force until he gets a blood test back. <laughs> got to get a blood test. Yeah. I got to make sure you that, can't feel that, that cell count, that mini chlorine count. I've literally watched three fucking movies already where you guys just feel it. You just feel it. You just yeah. know, you just don't, know. Don't you feel it? Got to get that yeah. blood test. And you Here's, see those test results back. Horrible. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh Yeah. I feel that like, you know what you know what really didn't work for me, honestly. Well, actually, can I can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. What didn't work for you, Andrew? <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody loves an origin story, right? I mean, origin we, we stories eat them up in society, man. We eat origin them up. stories are all the rage. Literally, Ratchet. Ratchet is on Netflix right now. It is an origin story about a character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like we clamor for an origin story and i love it and i love the mileage that we have with an origin story i love that we have the opportunity in a space opera to really finally give the backstory of how anakin turned into darth vader being a great mirror for this for the actual original trilogy which is kind of becomes anakin's redemption arc absolutely and they backdoor into that theme but we get there and it's really really cool right so i'm curious to see this mo this moment happen in reverse I'm here for it, but you have a plot that is 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 littered with things that don't add up to that theme. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like so, yeah. so the, there none of the heavy lifting that the plot does is in service of getting me 
this origin story that I showed up for. That's right. You know, and so so then then you just get a movie that just it's beautiful, but it looks bloated. It is bloated. So bloated. much happens. So many things. It was you know it really killed me, and it's a big eye roll. I forgot how long the pod racing sequence was. I forgot how obvious that cartoon that was putting wrenches in jetpacks was like. I've, it's so corny. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's and it's long. just. And then it's filled with cameos. Warwick Davis had three cameos in this movie as different characters. I Whoa, saw him. I saw him. Yeah. I know yeah. Wicket's here. There he is. There he is. Yeah, that's his face. It's fucking Still Willow. It's fucking Willow. Like, I know Still who that bottom. is. Yeah. Yeah, unnecessary. Sofia Coppola is in this fucking movie, man. Yeah, she is. That's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's 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 so it's so interesting that you say like you know how how long and how slow because when they watched the rough cut, they felt that it was too fast. They they were like, oh my god, it's it's too frenetic and crazy. So they like elongated it. I'd love to see the rough cut. No, I I've always maintained that the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones should have been one movie. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to give me Young Anakin, I didn't need that much Young Anakin. It's way too fucking much. Let's get to the story. I want to hear about the Clone Wars because that's what I know. I know that Luke says, you fought in the Clone Wars with my father? But, you know, like, that's what we needed to see. Well, and we spend so much real estate. I'm getting ahead of myself, like we always do. But we spend so much real estate on things that end up not mattering in the long run that by the time we get to Revenge of the Sith, we are just racing to connect this to A New Hope. Right. Just racing. racing. And yeah. you've wasted so much time. Yeah. So much time. And it's and, and, and also, you don't pay off the shit that you put in. It's like, oh, Queen Amidala is responsible for the emperor? Well, maybe when the fucking emperor takes hold and she says, this is how liberty dies. Yeah. Maybe give her one fucking line. was like, oh, my God, it was my fault. Yeah. I put right? this like, in there's motion. No, there's no payoff. Nothing. It's not satisfying. It's so weirdly put together. I mean, I think I know the answer to this next ephemeral question, but does this movie make your Desert Island top five? Uh, yeah, it makes my Desert Island top five of movies that I want to put on an actual Desert Island. <laughs> because, because here's the thing, right? Since 1999, when this film came out, how many Star Wars movies have been released? Uh, Skywalker Saga films. There were five more. Yeah. Right. So I have to, I've gone back to this fucking thing five times. Yeah. Because every time there's a new movie, I go and I watch them all again. Yeah. So when the rise of Skywalker came out, I was more relieved than anything. I was like, Oh God, I never have to watch the Phantom Menace again until you had the fucking idea for this stupid podcast. <laughs> How about you? Desert <laughs> Island top five. It doesn't, and and I gotta say, I I I remember this movie more fondly than I should have. It's worse than I recall. It's the worst reviewed Star Wars movie. Everybody hates it. There's not. I don't think there's anyone out there that's like, oh, all the Phantom Menace. Like it's it's just not good. But but here's a question. Here's a, a question for you, Andrew. Yeah. Is it not good? Or is it not good enough? It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. It's not good. I, I would say like, yeah. It No, it's it's not good. You know, there it's are not, some good things about it. Yeah. So you know it's not good enough? Revenge of the Sith is not good enough. I actually quite enjoy Revenge of the Sith. I just think if 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 he had paved the way to it better, it probably would have been better. But again, I might change my mind because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And in yeah, my gonna, head... We're going to crack that one open again. Possible foreseeable plot hole? Uh, possible foreseeable plot hole? I mean... Uh, I don't have one because at this point we're in the things that create the plot holes. I have right? one. Oh, what do you have? I'm probably so stupid for, there's probably a hundred. I mean, two, it, two movies from now, we'll come up with this higher ground rule that does not apply in this movie. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this same character will make up a rule that he did yeah. not abide by two movies prior. Yeah. Now, okay. So in the novelization, um, <laughs> in the novelization, and this is why I, I almost buy it, Andrew. I All right, go. Hit me. So, hit me. So, okay. So Qui-Gon gets killed, right? And you see, no. And Obi-Wan is filled with rage. Yeah. Right. He is dark siding all over that shit. But then he's beaten. Right. And if not for that little nipple, he is would have fallen all the way to his possible death. Because yeah. as we know in Star Wars, when you fall down a hole, you don't die. You don't die. But he thought he might have. But yeah. he's standing there. And that is when he centered himself and he looked within. And he gathered up every every bit of knowledge he knew about the force. And he leapt. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the young Sith apprentice was full of cockiness. And he was excited because he couldn't wait to go back and tell his master about what, how he beat these two Jedi, you know, these two Jedi, one Jedi master and then his Padawan. And so he's full of himself and he's taunting him. He's hitting the thing with his blade. And then when Obi-Wan comes up and over, he doesn't know what to do. And then he gets full of rage, but he doesn't know how to channel it. That's why he freezes, and that's how Obi-Wan beats him. Okay. I see your okay. take. I respect your take. I take in your take. You've I, taken my take, but will I, you take it? No, because you can't just make up a rule because it's convenient. If this really is a Jedi rule that he has taught him, I have the higher ground. That whole line is is to show how far Anakin has slipped away. Uh-huh. Yep. So the lesson he taught him was, don't attack me. I have the higher ground. But sometimes it works. Yeah, I've got the higher ground, Anakin. I have done this before and I won but you can't right because you're not as cool as i am it doesn't really hold up it's tough it's a tough one it's also tough. the rule of two the rule of two at Let's... this point there's three of them because sidious has a master yeah that we find out about at the opera yeah revenge of the Sith. and also if there's a rule of two then why does the emperor want Luke to join Vader in the hymn. Why is that okay? It's a mess. It's a little bit of a mess. Yeah, you're right. We do love the rule of two. We love the rule of two. Well, it's cool. It's cool. But it's it's usually like, it really should be the rule of three. There's always three. There's there's most always three. three. Even in the Clone Wars animated series, Asaz Ventress is there with Sidious and Dooku. Well, and, and Maul doesn't really die, so there's four. Well, he, yeah, well, everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah. Everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah. Uh, put it in the movie. Put it in the, put it in the movie. Put it in the movie. Put it in the movie. What's your special award? Well, my special award goes to George Lucas. George, <laughs> you done blew it again. Aww. This award is called the Boba Fett Award. You created a character that the entire fucking world fell in love with and thought that it was the coolest thing since Boba Fett and you fucking killed him. The Boba Fett award for murdering Darth Maul goes to George Lucas. Yeah, I was really really disappointed with Darth Maul's death too. Everybody was, that's why they brought him back. That's yeah. why Filoni brought him back. He was like, I'm going to figure out a way to get this fucking amazing character. And when Such. you watch the animated series, bro, he's in Clone Wars. He's in Rebels. He like shows up at the end of Solo. Like everybody and their mother knows that Darth Maul is the shit. Yeah, really cool character. Andrew, yeah. what is your special award? My special award is Juice Beyond the Script. Juice Beyond the script. Because let me talk to you about this. Here's the thing. This movie's bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
But there are things about this movie that are so insanely memorable. Yeah. Uh, Yoda, you're filled with fear. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to darkness. Darkness leads to hatred. Fear leads to anger. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hatred. Hate, Hate yeah. leads to suffering. Yeah, it's the path to the dark side. That's a great line. That's a great line, and we just remember that moment. Uh, Yoda is the only one that knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Clouded this boy's future is. Much fear I sense in you. We, I, the council, I don't agree with the council on this, Obi-Wan. Like, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. I love that about Yoda. He knows. He fucking knows. He knew, and he's the most, he was the most powerful Jedi. Uh, so I love that. There's a lot of other things. The double lightsaber that Darth Maul had. Yep. Ju- it's, it's juice beyond the movie. It, it, it's, it exists beyond it. The Duel of the Fates music. It, it exists in the narrative completely apart from the fact that it's attached to the Phantom Menace. And he took that from like an old like fucking Welsh poem, translated it into Sanskrit. The like all the like the lyrics of that, like fuck, it's so good. It's it's really, really good. Um yeah, there's there's a couple of other moments that just really sort of live. You don't realize that Can it's we call it the Lizzo Award though, because of because juice? of juice. Yeah. I think it should be the Lizzo Award. It's the Lizzo Award. Great. It's out here getting juice. Like yeah. you're in the movie theater watching that movie, but you're out here getting getting the juice. Yeah, I mean the rule of two. We remember it because it it the master and the apprentice rule. Yeah. It's, this is the first time it came up. It's great. Our two unit has a strong feature at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, well, this is another thing you should argue. You know, you're arguing me during A New Hope about how the red guy blew up. Every other droid gets picked off <laughs> except R2. I know. It's... <laughs> CJ, it's but just... I'm here for that. I mean, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. Let's get R2 in there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's just, it's just bad. It's just yeah. <laughs> like none of it, none of it lines up. There's no yeah. way you watch this movie and it's like there is no, you know what, you know how I felt? Do you remember when uh, Matthew Vaughn did X-Men First Class? Yes. And it was cool and interesting and different. Yeah. yeah. And then so they're like, we got to make a sequel. He doesn't want to make the sequel. So they get Brian Singer to do Days of Future Past, like make yep. a Days of Future Past movie because, again, cool. And that essentially reboots the First Class franchise into being an origin story for the trilogy that he already did. Right. Right. Yep. Which I love Days of Future Past. So this is complicated for me because I do love that movie. I enjoy great watching movie. it. It's a great movie. Um, you know, I just think it's weird that they just kind of reset their timeline like that. Also, because if you watch First Class, there is no way that these characters will possibly grow up to be the characters in Brian Singer's trilogy. No way. The, the, not, the, the sheer timeline of it all does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Just they, you know, they fuck themselves because they use the same mansion and because they designed Mystique to look the same way. Yeah. But they did that for us. They could have got a multiverse route with it. They could have done a million things. What they decided to do is turn the franchise into a big origin franchise. But there's yeah. no way it can line up. You watch no. Phantom Menace and you know by the end of Phantom Menace, there is no way that this is going to add up in the way that you think it should to get you to a new hope. Yeah. He doesn't get us off on the right foot at all. No. Uh, but we have the fear line. We have Darth Maul. Darth Maul's face. The rule of two. Yeah. The music. Pod racing. We all know that shot of the pod and the... It was in the with trailer. The, with the purple. With the purple exactly. going through the canyons of Tatooine. Like, we all... Yeah know what that is yeah and you shouldn't you shouldn't just back to your timeline thing man like that's that's what i kept getting hung up on i was like how how in 20 years at at this point how in 30 years is han solo who's probably like 30 not gonna believe in the force and the jedi how is that gonna happen yeah because they're pretty fucking prevalent yeah <laughs> like they're they're here you know yeah oh, i don't know man. maybe his memory got wiped by tommy lee jones yeah and yeah. then like but like 10 minutes later they brought it back because they felt bad for him oh my god 
It's true. All of it. Force, See, the Jedi, Jar Jar. Fuck. Oh, Lord. CJ, is this movie an icon or a Y-Con? Well, I'll tell you, it's iconic. It sure enough it's is. Like, but it's iconic for the wrong reasons. So in our format, this is an absolute Y on EarthCon. It really is. You know? Because it just does not hold up. It's worse than I remember it. It's worse than I remember, but I would I will tell you that from time to time I will just pull up that lightsaber battle on YouTube. It's beautiful. And just watch that. Because it's been cut together, you know, to be just the lightsaber battle with all without all the other nonsense. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm yeah, not- no, I think Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones should have been one movie. Revenge of the Sith should have been one movie, and then like 10 years before A New Hope should have been episode three. Is Phantom Menace our first Wycon? Our first legit Wycon? Silent Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. That's right. That was Wycon that. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Yeah. yeah. But this is the first time we both agreed on the Wycon. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's it's really bad. It's worse than I remember. Yeah. Uh, but it it did so many memorable things for the franchise that I have to applaud it for that. But like yes. it did memorable things for the franchise in spite of itself. It's in a spite weak, of itself. Weak movie. The guy that did American Graffiti made this. It's bad. It's a bad movie. Like, oh, it's a bad movie because there was no one to tell him no. Yeah. This I don't put this on George. You know, like George Lucas, he gave us Star Wars. He fucking created Star Wars, and and for that, like, I will be eternally grateful. He went back after sixteen years to make it again. You know, like to, to give us the origin story of Anakin Skywalker. I will be forever eternally grateful to that. The producers of this film, I do not forgive you for not doing your job. Yeah. And he had approached uh, other screenwriters. His story, his, the idea for his story, the basis is fine. Give me some American Revolution shit. Like, give me the origin story of Anakin Skywalker. Let's get rid of the shit and focus on that. Focus on the manipulation of Queen Amidala. You know what I mean? Focus on the emperor's rise to power. Great. Show me why Anakin is who he is, but don't make Anakin a nine-year-old boy because we don't have the actor for that. This is 1999. <laughs> you know, like we don't have the actor for that. That actor doesn't exist. Well, also just like right away, how is this math going to add up? Right. Look at what you wrote before. Yeah, how is this? There's no way this math is ever going to add up. Yep. And, Look and at it. figure and it you, out. Go be, back further. Go yeah. back further. Make sure, give, me, give me a period in time where people start to forget about the Jedi. Yeah. Also, because of Padme and Anakin's proximity and age, nine and 14. Like, they're in very different chapters. So like he's looking at her like a maternal figure and we're supposed to like be like, oh, is this going to be a thing? Because she gives him the awkward look at the end and then yeah. soap opera rapid age him in the next movie. Yeah, and it just it creates him, him being nine years old creates more problems than it solves. It creates more problems than it solves, man. It's just it's not it's just not good. And the producers, again, should have stepped in and said, this is not going to work, George. We need to figure out something else. Do you think that that was him trying to connect with the children? Well, he wanted to make it a kid's movie. Yeah. And I get that. But you didn't need kid characters. Yeah. because like You didn't those- need that kid to be a kid. He got hung up on the fact of loss and connection and, yeah. and uh, uh, attachment. There are other things that one can be attached to. They don't, it doesn't just have to be your mom. Even if it was like, fuck man, his mom could have died. Like in the movie, like it, it, there were a million other ways to go. Yeah. He was too young. It was so strange. It was strange. I didn't need that Anakin that young. Yeah. And mainly because from just from a fucking purely technical point of view, Andrew, you don't have the actor for it. Yeah. Well, not exactly. Now this is pod racing. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. And it's so obvious. Like, put kids in the cockpit. Like, it's so obvious what he's trying to do. Um, also, those kids were dicks. His buddies? Yeah. Yeah. Jerks. Those kids suck. 
jerks. I will say there's the deleted scene with Greedo is is hilarious when when they tell him you shouldn't be picking fights with Greedo, but people Greedo. It's like totally like yeah, Greedo shot first, my ass. Fuck. Oh my gosh, whatever. Anyway, anyway I'm glad we did this. I'm glad it's over. Me too, and I am looking forward to episode two. I'm curious to see how I feel about it because this is the one I know I hate. So, yeah, and this is the one I know that I saw many times in the movie theater. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be very interested to see why. Yeah, I'll tell you though, I I did see this movie the day after coming back from 18 days in Europe, and okay. so maybe jet lag played into my reaction. <laughs> maybe we'll see i'll give it we'll another see. go we'll see. <laughs> cj this was amazing i agree this has been icon or Wycon, and i'm cj laroche and i'm andrew david sotomayor and we'll see you next time <laughs>